0: This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Tiffany. How did Filipino music, as we know it, evolve? Who were the first Filipino composers, and when did they arise? A returning guest to this program, Dr. Maria Alexandra or Sandy Inigo Chua, who is with the University of Santa Damas, has made the investigation of this matter her mission. Last time she spoke to us about her work on the Kirial de Baclayon, the earliest known written music preserved intact from our Spanish colonial music history. Today she will introduce a massive project she is spearheading, the Nakpil Music Project, which aims to produce a critical edition of the composer's oeuvre and recordings of music for the singular revolutionary and composer, not only a general of the revolution, but one of the pioneers among Filipino composers. Not all the volumes of the Julio Nakpil project have been recorded, but today we dip into the first volume. Julio Nakpil began his composing career as a writer of Salon piano pieces. This may seem innocuous enough, but wait for the interview with Dr. Sandy Chua just up ahead. Dr. Raul Sunico opens with Julio Nakpil's Ecos de Visayas and Ecos de Iloco, Julio Nakpil's third opera, both dance us.
1: It was in 1834 when businesses started coming in, officially. But even before that, 1820s, there were already businessmen. Previous to that, largely, largely, it would be the Galleon, and then we end the Galleon with 1810, 1815, then secular businesses, thrived during this time. And officially, although even before there were already, by 1834, there was a policy that opened the market. And you see already Germans coming in, opening up pharmaceutical companies, opening up stores, French. And eventually by 1858, there would be French opera companies, Sarsuela companies that would actually be performing in Manila. But what was very important for me that I did try to look into was when did the Filipinos start composing music on their own? When I looked into it, I think it is really linked with the development of the music market when i was in spain i would look into la oceania Española. this was i think published three times a week when you have uh, daily accounts of the music events what were they playing of course they were playing western music but eventually there would be for example a Manuel mata inserted in the repertoire or a Ramon Valdez inserted in the repertoire that's being played, for example, in Malecon, Malecon, that's in the mouth of the Pasig River in the Manila Bay. So there would be almost daily performances of bands, as well as in Bagumbayan, which is Luneta. So there would be bad music everywhere. And then there would be sorzuelas and operas that are performing in the theater. But my main concern was that when did Filipinos start composing music? So you have Jose Estella, Simplicio Solis, Leonardo Ignacio. Most of this were in accounts, but very limited has survived of their music. This was modernity. This was actually Philippine modernity. So with 1858 was the beginning of lithography, where two German brothers, the Opel brothers, opened up lithographic press here. You see here the rise of the newspaper. And you see now the very first composition composed here being printed and marketed. Uh-huh. So the first one that we have that based on the records as of now is labelia Filipina by Ignacio Massaguer. So it's a piano work. It's a danza, banera. And then by the 1860s or 1870s, you have Dolores Paternos, Sampaguita. So that's the Sampaguita. And it was released as a piano sheet. And it was reported in the newspapers that there was this woman who was composing this. But we also have insulares, insulares like, uh, for example, possibly Diego Perez. We don't even know if Diego Perez was a native or an insulares or a peninsulares. But Ignacio Mazaguer was peninsulares who came here quite young, you know, very young, and started composing. And he ventured into almost all kinds. He taught, he composed he opened a music store. So that's Ignacio Massaguer. So he composed La Bella Filipina. He also composed the first sarsuela in the Philippines So nobody, parang very little, knows about, the Viaje Redondo. He composed it in 1878. Insulares and Peninsulares have been starting to compose music around that time, 1860s, because Mm -hmm. there was a need already. There was people who would consume already the music. And eventually, we see 1870s, you have already Ramon Valdez Manuel Mata composing. Then 1888, Julio Nakpil, 20-year-old Julio Nakpil, composes Zephyro. I guess one of the very interesting things that you notice here is that music does not
0: develop. These cultural developments, they don't They don't come along in a vacuum. So, music actually needed the marketplace. It actually needed the technology Yes. in order to come
1: about. There would always be disruptions when Filipinos started composing music, it was printed music. That was the material. It's the musical material that is being sold in the market that eventually phonograph would come in. So there would always be the change in the technology as what you've said that would actually be very important in the development of the music as well. So Juli Nakpil was born in Quiapo, Manila and his father was a flute player in an orchestra. So I think that is where he got his interest in music. He was a very precocious child. He was sent to a school, but it didn't work. So just after two years, I think he was pulled out of school. And he was basically an autodidact and started their homeschooled and started just learning and reading music theory books. He was a voracious reader, and he's very interested in music. He has very good ears. According to some accounts, he also was tuning the piano. And he did very informal piano lessons as well as violin lessons and had all the time to play music. Salon music was an in-thing then. So he would be a salon player. He would teach. He would perform in houses. So he became quite popular during his time as a piano player. But what brought the change was that in 1892, Rizal came back from Spain. He published Noli Tangere, and after publishing Noli Tangere, came back here. And Rizal was, I think, a good friend of the brother in law of Julio Nakpin, which is Ariston Bautista, the doctor Ariston Bautista. They were together in Spain. So I was trying to link how this came about. He became really a follower of Rizal and joined La Liga Filipina in 1893 when Rizal was in exile in the Pitan. And he wrote Amor Patrio. Amor Patrio, it's a vocal work for oboe and piano, which will be included in Volume 3. So he wrote Amor Patrio in 1893 for Jose Rizal. It is based on the text of Rizal's Awit ni Maria Clara from his noli Metangere. So he already had this special leaning towards Rizal, and he didn't join right away the Katipunan, but he was a member of La Liga, Filipina. He would read all of Rizal's. So when Rizal was executed in 1896, it really felt bad. So you see this change as what you've seen that he was composing salon music. But when Rizal was executed, when he did Pahimakas, this was an important turning point. I think this was the very first composition that he has that has Tagalog. His titles would always be Spanish, Recuerdos de Capis, Danse Campestre. Of course, Ilang-ilang would be A Flower, Sefiro. But eventually, he wrote Lulay and Kundiman. But the very first piece that was really of his was Pahimakas for Vizal. And after this, there was no turning back. He would compose Balintawak. Pamitinan, which was the cave where Andres Bonifacio declared the independence of the Philippines. So you see really the change in his uh, sort of like progressive thinking towards nationalism already. He will revolutionize basically Filipino music wherein from this borrowed tradition he was able to express it, the Filipino sensibility, the Filipino sentiment using the Western music Mm -hmm. language and making it into his own. Because when you listen to Nakpil, you feel right away that this is Filipino. But sometimes you don't know why. How can it be Filipino? (laughs) Mm. So you try to dissect and look into what is Filipino about it. Let's talk Mm. about the different
0: volumes, the different components of uh, the Nakpil project. We now have a volume one and a volume two. And there will also be a volume three and four. 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 And of course, the first two and the easiest to record and of course, the bulk of uh, the Nakpil project would be piano music because yes. after all,
1: that was his his stock in trade. So tell me about the first volume that we have. So it's all soloed. We have 11 compositions and it's arranged according to the obra. What was the process like of introducing
0: Raul Sunico and, uh, well, Heliodoro, that's Ding Dong. Ding-dong. Ding-dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? To the music, how was that like? Since, of
1: course, hardly anybody has performed his music previous to your work. There would be performance of the recuerdos of the copies. But this one, like for example, the Sephirul, it was not even mentioned in the book by Alsona because there's a book that was written, Pulya Nakpil, no? by Encarnacion Alsona, but it was never mentioned. No? And when I approached Sir Raul, he readily said yes that he would want to perform. So I'm very thankful with that. And and of course, he sat as well in the panel for the music editors for the Critical Edition. It's a whole team working on this. So we also have Dr. Robin Concejo, Dr. David Francis-Heroes, who's a musicologist who just came from Hong Kong and retired in the Philippines, who's been helping us prepare. <laughs> Sarah Owell said that you know, the music of Nakpil is not pianistic at all. So it's quite difficult to play. So it's not pianistic. So I think it was... That's very interesting. Years. Yeah. So it becomes very difficult to record. And he has very eccentric harmonic modulations. If I compare, for example, a Peninsulares, Ignacio Masaguer, who's a well-known musician already, who was also composing a little just earlier, 1870s, no, 1880s, 1890s. It's more simple... But with Nakpil, he has this very specific sound. It's not just the same as other composers because his harmonic progressions are very, very different. For example, Sefiro, at 20 years old, he would start his piece with a diminished chord of the median. You don't do that like a diminished chord of a middle. Chopin would. Do dominant seven, he would start mm-hmm. his dominant seven and then go beginning, no? but not a diminish of a mid So it's that eccentric, the harmonic progression. But at the same time, it sounds melodic. It does not sound 20th century. So how Nakhpil does that, it's really fascinating.
0: These last two piano works by Julio Nakpil were his very first obra, Sefero, and obra two, La Brisa Nocturna e Habanera. Our pianist was Dr. Raul Sunico. These are early works, and there is much more to explore that is beyond the scope of this particular program. But wait for the last week of July, which is a Linguna ng musica in Filipino, when I have the space to stretch out and share more of my fascinating conversation with Dr. Sandy Chua on the Hulu Nakbil Music Project. You will want to know more about the world into which Hulu Nakbil was born, the winds of change blowing at that time, what the Nakbil Project means to us, plus listen to more of the music from volumes one and two. In the meantime, please follow the Hulu Nakbil page on Facebook and look out for the new releases of the Hulu Nakbil Music Project on digital platforms such as Spotify and YouTube. That's all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 4 in the afternoon, the following Wednesday at 2 in the early morning, and lastly, the next Thursday at noon. The shows are subsequently made available online on our SoundCloud channel, so please subscribe. I'm Tiffany. Thanks for listening.